2: The
3: Irish Times Inside Business podcast in association with Davy. It's amazing what you discover
0: when you really listen. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock a podcast from The Irish Times. This week the government announced further restrictions on Dublin following a recent spike in the number of COVID-19 cases in the capital. Wet pubs will remain closed for the time being and people are being asked to minimize their social contacts. On Tuesday, the latest Dublin Economic Monitor from the four local authorities showed the impact on Dublin in the second quarter of this year. Some 33,000 jobs were lost in the capital, with the pandemic emptying offices and no tourists travelling here. So what does all this mean for traders in the city? I'm joined on the line by Ronan Lynch, who owns the Swan Bar off Angel Street in the heart of Dublin. And it's also chairman of the Licensed Fitness Association and by Mark Paul of the Irish Times, who's been writing about this very topic. Now, Mark Paul, you did a a very good piece in the Irish Times uh, last week where you walked around the Docklands area of Dublin City to try and take the pulse of the city, if you like, and to find out what what exactly is going on, what kind of activity and life there is in Dublin City at the moment amid all of the uh,
1: restrictions that we have in place because of COVID-19. Tell us about that experience. What did you see? What did you hear? Well, unfortunately, I didn't see a lot of activity at all. I mean, the idea for the piece came around uh, from the fact that Google pulled out of talks to rent space in what's known as the sorting office. It's a new office development down at the Docklands by Marlott. would have been capable of hosting about 2,000 staff um, and it's just at the bottom of Misery Hill there, and literally across from uh, from Facebook's headquarters. They pulled out of that and, and I suppose it put the idea in my head that, you know, people talk about the city centre and city centre retail and hospitality business being affected, but to my mind, probably the area most affected by the working from home restrictions and, and, and the government's restrictions is adjacent to the city centre. It is that Docklands area, Silicon Docks as we sort of know it uh, anecdotally, the area where Facebook and Google and all of these companies are, and Facebook and Google, if, if if you think about it, I mean, they've told our staff to work from home until about July of next year. Um, now, there's about 40,000 people working down at the Docklands and, and uh, in, in that kind of Grand Canal kind of an area. And the council did have an idea to double that over the next few years. Um, and, and you'd have to think that's in, a, that's in real difficulty now. So I, I, I did a walk around that area. And, and, and I looked at all the businesses. And, and And what I really detected, I suppose, was just, you know, there was. I, I suppose tongue in cheek I describe it as um, um, you know where the streets have no people you know that area is very closely associated with you too but I mean I rang, I rang Irish Rail they told me that um, traffic through Grand Canal Dart Station which would be the main artery to bring people in who don't live in that area to work, who work in that area it's down by 80% and that's far more than any other Dart Station on the line um, if you get down to Grand Canal Square um, 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 uh, if, if you're the sort of listeners can picture it just outside the Borgosh Theatre there's a big plaza there and normally they were, you know there would be hundreds and, and maybe thousands of people per hour crisscrossing that on their way to and from the apartments and the office blocks. I was there at 5.30 p.m. on a Tuesday evening, um, and which should really be the time when, when there's a lot of activity around there, people coming to and from work. I found very few people. Uh, the, the numbers of people were, were very, very low, and, and that was reflected then in the levels of business being done in the hospitality businesses around there. So I don't know if you can picture on the corner there, there's a, there used to be a bar... Restaurant called HQ, which was bought just before Christmas by Weatherspoon, JD Weatherspoon, the British chain. They were going to knock that into, um, and I presume they still will, and um, knock that into the, the the unit behind, which used to host nut Butter to make a big bar. But the whole thing is shuttered now, and and um and, you know further down that line a little bit down closer to where the old U2 studios are. I mean, the Paddy McKillen Jr.'s Press-Up Entertainment Group. I mean, there's a restaurant, a new restaurant there that opened in October called McKenzie's. That was shut when I got there. I mean, that only opens three days a week then. if you If you continue further on down that part of the Docklands, all of the offices along there um, um, seemed deserted. Indeed.com, its offices were deserted. Airbnb, its offices were deserted. And um, If you spill out then towards Brewdog, just down at the river there, at, the, at the, the Docklands proper where Capital Dock is, a very, very tall building there right down at the edge of the water. No signs of life at all. I thought it was very um, depressing in one way and, and in another way not surprising. I mean, the government's advice is for people to work from home if, if if, if, if at all possible so people aren't going into their offices there's a real concentration of offices in this area it's a real you know what i mean it was the the up and coming and, and growth area of dublin and i think it's got a very very difficult immediate future ahead of it as to what its long-term future is that all depends on on, on the future of work and working from home and whether we all ever go back to offices and um, but the immediate future of that area i think for the businesses that trade around there is very very difficult indeed
0: yeah, Ronald Lynch, you're the owner of the Swan Bar, which uh, kind of sits between Angel Street and Stevens Green. So you're on the other side of the city to the docks. Um, but you've been, you're a trader there. Um, what have you seen in the past few weeks? Because you've just reopened, you closed in March uh, with everyone else uh, as part of the lockdown. And you've just reopened in recent weeks. So tell us what your experience is.
3: Yeah, we only opened up last Thursday, so we're quite in the early stages of reopening. Like, what I have seen so far, like, I've been kind of watching town and watching the footfall going up and down the street, and I just noticed, like, my kind of... My thinking was about reopening that I was looking at. There was this kind of, you know, the third-level students were coming back, and I thought that... They're coming back towards the end of the month, so I kind of wanted to just set up and get um, the process in place. So we were really able to do that. I mean, um, there is definite issues around Dublin town, as 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 we call it, the moment. Like public transport is reduced, and people are reluctant to get into taxis. There's no office workers. I mean, um, you know, there's no tourists. Um, um, I think we need to up our game and kind of getting, you know, the attractions rolling, and getting people back into the city. Um, I suppose my initial kind of thing, like pubs are kind of penalised now for being busy. Um, we're operating at 50% capacity. We're running our pubs, like we're a drill sergeant. Everybody has a sit-down behave in a certain way it's a new kind of learning curve for everybody and when they come in here and it's just um, it's a very very changed environment for us the pub we close and the pub we open up are two completely different animals but we have to adapt and we have to evolve it to to what's in front of us and you know people are out of the habit and i think they want to get back into the pubs and motion. but there's a huge level of adjustment there Um, But I think genuinely, I think we need to, like, obviously now there's a bit of a threat of a lockdown in Dublin, which isn't good, which isn't good for the confidence. And, um, you know, it puts more pressure on us trying to rebuild our city and get people, people back into the city. I think the whole city is suffering. I think retail is suffering um, and just the whole collective thing. We need, everything is kind of restricted in the town and people are reluctant to come into town. I mean, we, to, we need to give people the confidence to come back into Dublin um, and get the city back uh, rocking again. Well, I wouldn't say rocking, but back to some type of new normal. Like We have to obviously keep public health at the, the cornerstone of what we do, but we need people to come back into city in a slow kind of filtered manner. But it's just there's very much mixed messages there coming from government all the time. And I personally believe that they're not doing any traders in Dublin City, no matter what space they work in, whether it's hospitality or retail, any favours at the moment. And I just think it's, you know, we need a big kind of initiative to get Dublin or the cities or the towns and villages, every part of the country, retail, hospitality back moving again.
0: Rona, just give us an example of, uh, first of all, the type of clientele uh, the Swan handles, but also I, I'm wondering how many people typically would have been in with you of a night in March, and how does that compare with now?
3: Yeah, so uh, like as I said, we're only in our first week of it, but I mean to give you, uh, like, I think that the day if what the numbers I'm seeing now are, obviously we've a food offering, so that's taken up a chunk. It's about thirty percent of our turnover at the moment on a daily rate, or maybe thirty to forty percent running. Um, I would class our running week as Mondays. Every day is a Monday, and um, the numbers are low. I mean, typically, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday will be, you know, Monday, Tuesday will be slow days, and you'd notice a lift on a Wednesday. And a Thursday, but like even a Friday here. On a Friday here, normally, like we opened up last Friday, and at half five there was three people in the pubs. You wouldn't get in the door normally on a Friday here at you know half four. So there's nobody, you know, at half five in your pub. And I was kind of going, God, this is you know serious stuff. And the Friday figures now we kept it quiet, so we're still learning as we go, and we're kind of evolving it. And we kind of haven't pushed it hard on social media, so we just want to because it's just getting used to the protocols and trying to do things right because. I have to keep my, my staff have to be up to speed, my customers have to be up to speed and our typical base I would call any pub the people's church and I always like to refer to it as that because it's everybody's entitled to come into the, the pub and like our our mix would be kind of a lot of regulars and they would be kind of people from out of town and offices and all different spheres all around the place so it would be very very you know spread what our customer base would be and it would be a good barometer like and obviously we'd have the tourist office workers, people from local colleges, students and um, post-grad students Um, and then just people who live in the area as well. So
0: it's kind of very, very spread. I presume, Ronan, you're tapping the government wage subsidy scheme and other supports that are available. If those supports weren't there, presumably you wouldn't be able to trade.
3: Yeah, it's out of pressure. Like, I mean, I think obviously no business can take the impact of being closed for the guts of six months. Um, I think everybody's dug into their cash reserve. Like We took um, the opportunity of the closure to upgrade a lot of the premises, which we did do, but obviously... um, you know you have to kind of up your game and get your your bit your business up to speed like we've gone into the you know to say for for argument's sake made the the you know put up screens and you know hand sanitation points and all that then the toilets we put all you know sensor operated stuff in and this was all a big expense that came on to us that we had to put on but look a, a lot of it was probably overdue but it's kind of Dealing with what customers' expectations are now, and you just have to—you really have to up your game. And you know, there's a lot more running around to get, probably a lot less turnover. But we're happy to do it. We're happy to be back in the game. We're starting at the bottom of the hill, and we know that. And we have a big hill to climb. And it's going to be, you know, six or seven months. I think putting things back together. But look, we have to start somewhere, and that's why we were just happy just to get the put back open again.
1: At Davy, we know your well-being should be financial as well as personal. And now with inflation and negative interest rates eroding value, if you're in a position where you have cash sitting in an account or in a pension, it's never been more important to get active. So talk to one of our trusted advisors today and we can discuss options that could help you feel better about your financial planning and investment goals. Let's start the conversation. Call us today or search Davey. Davey, it's not just business, it's personal. Janey Davey, trading as Davey, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. We take our responsibilities personally.
0: Mark, in the hospitality sector across the board, it really has been a bit of a nightmare, six months, hasn't it? And we're hearing stories anecdotally of some hotels only having 10 or 15% occupancy rates, um, certainly
1: midweek, maybe a bit more at the weekends. How, how much longer can this go on? The simple answer is I don't know. I mean, Dublin hotels, um, the sort of, the entire hotel sector has been flipped on its head in a way because Dublin hotels would always have had the highest occupancy out of, out of any hotels in Ireland. But that's been turned on its head now because people aren't really travelling around the country as much. And, um, and, you know, there's, there's probably going to be some sort of movement restrictions brought into Dublin possibly this week. And um, so, so, uh, you know, it, Dublin hotels will be lucky if they hit um twenty five or thirty percent occupancy for the year. A lot of them are saying it's going to be very very difficult for them to survive. Um, a lot of these hotels are are, are owned by foreign funds and were bought with equity and not with debt or, or mostly with equity. Um, so it's it, it's not I, I'm not sure if it's totally the same as the situation um before the last crash when an awful lot of hotels in Ireland were built on credit um and 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 suddenly they found themselves. Found themselves in sort of receivership situations and insolvency situations, um, and I think the balance sheets of, of hotels and the balance sheets of Dublin hotels, I think, are in better shape this time round. Um, but it's, it's going to be very, very difficult. It'll be interesting. A lot depends on how Ireland dovetails in with the European Commission's sort of traffic light plan for foreign travel. Um, and, and if 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 numbers can come in from abroad um, and and be, be those uh, business visitors or be, be it some sort of a low level of safe tourism Um, That might give a little bit of a fill up to the hotels in the city. Um, But at the moment, what a lot of them seem to have done um, have pivoted towards the domestic leisure market. I mean, for example, when I was doing my little, uh, after I did my little trip around the Docklands, I rang Pat McCann, who is the chief executive of the Delata Hotel Group. And he has um, the Muldron Hotel there on Cardiff Lane in the Docklands, which is right next to the sorting office, which is where the Google um, office, the new Google building was supposed to be. Um, and I asked him, how is he coping uh, in an area where there's no office workers um, and where the normal trade is gone? And he says that because he's got a swimming pool there, um, and that they're just targeting Irish couples. Um, so, I mean, couples, uh, you know, maybe young married couples, uh, maybe they can offload their kids with somebody for the night and they can get away um, for a quick break. Maybe maybe in the past they might have gone to, you know, Amsterdam or Bologna or somewhere in a cheap Ryanair flight. Um, now they go to Cardiff Lane in the Docklands and uh, and, and, and stay in, in one of the hotels with leisure facilities. So. I think, uh, you know, as Ronan said, uh, you know, his business is, is, is having to figure it out and think on its feet. I think a lot of hotels are having to do that as well. And, and they're not able to see very far into the future because we don't know what the restrictions are going to be in a couple of weeks or months. We also don't know where the virus is going to be in, 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 in a couple of weeks or months. And, uh, and, and you know, it, it just, it, but what we can probably predict with some degree of reliability is that things aren't going to get better until at least deep into next year at the earliest.
0: Ronan, can I just ask you about the messaging bit, actually, because the government has been heavily criticised for the way um, it has messaged and communicated with people in terms of the restrictions. And we've seen a spike in cases in Dublin. So there was an expectation that some extra restrictions were going to be put in place in Dublin. And obviously the wet pubs aren't going to be uh, allowed open, um, which is a disappointment for them, although they will be in other parts of the country. But it's confusing as to whether people can travel outside the county or not. Um, and everybody's been told to minimize their social activity. So how do you think the government has performed in terms of communication? I think the government has been absolutely
3: appalling. Like we had three different uh, proposals put forward yesterday by government ministers. Like it was like just ridiculous. Like these guys are, you know, professional, you know, politicians are supposed to pay to communicate in a, in a very positive manner. And um, they're just coming in and they're coming out with mumbo jumbo all the time. like. And, I, you know, just talking the wet pub subject, like I feel particularly, you know, really, really devastated for these guys. They've closed for the guts of six months. We are, we know for a fact that the, the problem areas, the sources of infection are meat plants and household settings. And household settings, they seem to have got the meat plant sorted at last, but the household setting seems to be where all the infections are occurring. And yes, they're kind of saying the wet pubs should be closed. And you're going, well, they haven't been open. They haven't been a source. All the hospitality businesses that that have opened, they've all done a fantastic jobs. You look at pubs, restaurants, hotels, they've upped their game. They've invested in their facilities. They've, you know, they've ran their places really, really well. There's been minor clusters, few breaches of the law here and there. By and large, there's been huge compliance levels. And yes, the government turns around and decides to close wet pubs. Don't even open wet pubs. Don't give these guys a chance to, actually go and trade and it's really really it's just totally um discriminating against the sector of the economy that is the bedrock of irish tourism that is a bedrock of irish culture and just casting them aside and you know as a publican and as chairman of the licensed winners you're looking around and guys don't know where they stand like you know we're talking about the whole hospitality world has got turned on its head and we're talking about hotels there i mean you know there's going to be know a doomsday scenario for hotels because we talk about hotels in dublin they're always constantly investing upgrading their facilities because the standard is very very high in dublin with hotels peripheral hotels in the suburbs are getting no conferences no weddings no occasion family occasions nothing and then you go out there you know going down to say to tipperary for a wedding now for 200 people and people spending the three days and going having a, a great time that's all done like we've totally You know, the whole, everything is getting decimated in the country. And as I said, look, we've all, we've taken the hit. We've done one for the team. And, you know, nothing's been, there's been no support given to hospitality. Um, All we've just got is lads, yeah, you're doing a great job, but no support whatsoever. And, um, you know, it's very, very mixed messages. Very, very hard to read. We understand the situation is evolving, but be honest with people. And if you're going to make decisions that impact businesses and the viability of businesses put something in place to get them over the line like you know these hotels will come back these pubs will come back these restaurants will come back if they get support but they're not getting any support and there's no seems to be clarity around the plan whatsoever
0: is that fair though because i mean the government has put in place um a a series of supports i mean we were just speaking a few minutes ago how your own business uh, is tapping a lot of uh, supports from government and you probably wouldn't be able to open without them. Well, the, 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 the yeah well, I mean like the sum of
3: the package like that we got was the the restart grant really and the wage subsidy scheme which is afforded to most businesses but a lot of businesses were able to trade during you know the lockdown whereas we were we weren't we couldn't do it um, and then we are trading at 50% capacity as well so I mean that that doesn't read, but I mean, like, if you're if you're like a wet pub, you're still closed, and you've no like. I mean, sixty percent of the pubs in Ireland got sixteen hundred quid, which equates to, uh, you know. 64 euros per week per closure the government announced a 15 million package for pubs 9.4 million of that was made up of uh, license renewals so there are 5.6 million to the pubs so that's not really a reflection of a 15 million pound package and it goes in this is a mixed message we're given 15 million but really we're not our licenses which we haven't been able to trade for the last six months or have been voided for the last six months in essence by the government so i mean Communication, I would disagree. And I think the government are not doing, you know, they could do a better job in trying to help businesses and maybe talk to people in business. And I'm t- talking, like, because every sector is in trouble. And we need a big plan to get out of this. Like, this is, you know, these are all important parts. And we have to really, you know, work on getting the whole economy. Like, this is a massive, like, just a massive speed bump. And we need... If you need to take up, like I would always be an advocate of, don't look at the next three months, look at the next three years or whatever. And that's where we have to be at. Not, you know, oh, every business can hit the wall if the figures go now and we look at it in the next year. But things are going to improve, but we need to build towards that improvement and stretch everything out and work. The financial institutions need to be pulled in. Like, I mean, I can guarantee you, and I know Mark has written about this extensively, you know, if the business interruption insurance was, something was given to businesses, Right. I'm not saying the whole lot, but if business interruption was given to businesses, right, which a lot of businesses have been paying, like we paid it here. We're here at the guts of uh, 83 years in this premises, you know, like I'm sure we're due a few, Bob. But I mean, you know, if business interruption insurance, if some gesture was made, it might get a lot of people over the line, but there wasn't, and they were kind of laid scot free. There's, there's issues like that, but yet the government has to step into the place. Well, of
0: course, that is the subject of a, a test case in court, isn't it? Yeah, which, but that's only uh, with one FBD. insurance company,
3: that's only with FBD. There is several other providers there, like that have kind of, you know, I mean, I know um, a couple of the English ones and there was a decision yesterday in England which may have a bearing on what happens in the FBD case. But those kind of would have made a difference and probably would have given people just
0: that extra bit to survive. You know, that's just an opinion I would share. Yeah, Mark, um, things might actually get much worse, uh, mightn't they? This is kind of, in in a funny way, this is a bit like the calm before the real storm because uh, many of the supports are due to run out in the spring of next year. We've no idea where the virus is going to be at that point or whether there's going to be a vaccine or whether if there is a vaccine, if it's going to be widely available. And we've no idea what the government is going to have to do next year. IBEC this morning suggesting that another six billion in supports will be required next year to prop up the economy. What's your view?
1: I think in the hospitality industry in particular, I mean, people who, who, who don't know the industry maybe don't fully realise that what the hospitality industry in general, maybe not so much in Dublin, but, but but around the country, what it tends to do is fatten up during the summer so it can survive through the winter. Um, um, And they haven't gotten a chance to fatten up at all this summer. Um, And so we're coming into the winter now, we're coming into a difficult period for a lot of hospitality businesses. Um, A lot of the the forbearance, the the COVID forbearance from the banks that was due to run out in September. So a lot of businesses, uh, hospitality businesses, I think are trying to get to Christmas to see how they trade through Christmas. And the sense amongst uh, the sector then is once Christmas is over that we're likely to see a lot of insolvencies possibly in early January in that particular sector. Um, Retail, I think, is the same. There's an awful lot of retailers who are trying to get through Christmas to see if they can fatten up enough to get them through a few months and and after that, perhaps um, there will be insolvencies. There hasn't yet been the wave, the the really fast wave of insolvencies that we saw at the beginning of the last crisis a decade ago because this time the government is taking um, um, a a, a, a uh, a, counter-cyclical approach. I mean, you know when the economy goes down the government is spending more whereas the last time around a, a decade ago they did the opposite they, they took a pro-cyclical approach because they had to and um, D- Leo Varadkar when he was Taoiseach at the very outset of all of this he said look the bill for this is going to be massive and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger um, and but uh, the, the, the there's a little bit of a, a, a sort of a f- you know a phony war uh, at the moment or there's a little bit of um, um unreality to the situation in that it's very very easy for Ireland to borrow as long as it's easy for Ireland to borrow money in the international markets the government will be able to support the economy but once that changes and that could change very quickly I mean I mean some geopolitical event uh, next year could change it and um, then you'll see them uh, uh, tighten the noose on businesses a lot more businesses are going to need billions to get through this and um, um, if, su- if they're to survive and the government at some level and um, whether they want to or not are going to have to play God uh, and, and decide which businesses go under and which businesses don't. And that's um, and that's not something that you want your government to be doing. You don't want your government to be making those kinds of decisions. Um, and, but it looks like um, and in terms of the way they distribute support, they will have to play God in that way, what sectors deserve it and what sectors don't.
0: Mark, just going back to Dublin City Centre, uh, the longer that people stay away from the office and the longer that uh, it goes on without you know, a significant number of tourists coming to the country, I suppose the more hollowed out the City Centre potentially could become. How long have these Businesses got. I mean, if the likes of Google and Facebook and LinkedIn and so on aren't going to go back until the middle of next year, are retailers going to be able to survive that long? Are coffee shops going to be able to survive that long? The spa shops, the
1: pharmacies, the you know the the small traders who feed into the tourism sector. I think a lot of it depends on their landlords. Those kind of businesses in retail and in hospitality, I mean, uh, uh, as Roland, I'm sure, uh, uh, would attest, they're, they're, they're cash businesses. There's a lot of cash flow moves through those businesses. They're not holding enormous amounts of working capital, um, and enormous amounts of reserves. I mean, you know, y- y- if you're a pub or a restaurant, you're pulling in a couple of grand every night. Uh, if you're a busy one, you're pulling in a couple of grand every night. That's You're, you're pushing past cash through the business all the time. So they don't have huge reserves. Um, I mean, there's no hard and fast rule but if you talk anecdotally to to some representatives of the sector they'd say they'd have they'd say maybe that you know some of these businesses could survive you know you know four to six months closed once you start getting beyond that um, all bets are off um, um, so uh, you know you're right the city center to, to an extent will be hollowed out but i suppose um, from a sort of a macroeconomic point of view, retail and hospitality—they're demand-led sectors. Um, so, while some of the operators may go bust, and that's very sad, and and we should try and prevent that from happening, um, um, if demand returns to the city centre, new operators will take their place in those uh, in those um, uh, in those outlets. Um, that isn't very good news for the struggling publicans and hoteliers and retailers, but particularly publicans and hoteliers at the moment. Retail is, is, is having a little bit of a better time of it, actually. But um, uh, it's, it's not good news for them to hear that, uh, uh, you know, that they might be allowed to go bust um, um, and, and that others will take their place. But the government at some stage, just to go back to that point, the government is going to have to take a pretty um, um, objective and cold-hearted logical view at it. And, and and that's when you'll really see the pain in the sector, I think.
0: Roland tell us, uh, in terms of food offering, what's, what's your best seller at the minute? Uh, well we have tied up
3: with uh, collaborated with a company called Dublin Pizza Company which are up the road on Angel Street and uh, the guy who owns that was said to me listen when the, we got the op- like when the pubs could open up with a food, le- food led offering on the 29th of June he talked to me and we were doing a bit of work and, I, and kind of to be honest with you yeah, so at the moment we have the Dublin pizza, the DPC pizza is flying out the door now. So it's, it's going fairly well. Like I am surprised, but, and there's, you know, people are happy to be out. And, you know, I have to, the other surprising thing is like, obviously it's emotional for me to open back my premises to staff. But also customers are really having a massive buy-in and you come in here and guys are getting emotional being back in the pub. And that really reflects the importance of the pub. For, for what they do their social outlet and guys are coming back who haven't seen each other in months and sitting down and having a pizza and changing what they do in order to come out and socialize and that's I think kind of a, a sign of the things to come that we just have to change what we do it's a different it's a different way of doing things but they're still happy to go out and socialize in pubs and um you know like uh, I, I just think we just have to learn to live with this thing in, in a structured way and I think a personal the cost like we've set up their premises in a way that um you know the staff are buying into it and we need the customers to buy into this the customers thankfully are buying into it and they're happy to come in and socialising this new environment. Of cor- the course, they miss coming up to the bar. We miss as you know, as a barman like you know, pulling pints in here since the mid '80s when I was tw- ten or twelve years of age. You miss the crack, taking the Mick out of the lads, calling them you know whatever you got your hair cut or you know whatever, having a crack with them. That's all gone. But you try and you know stand off them outside, roaring it across the counter. But that's what we've got to do, and that's we just have to learn. And it's a new it's a new way of doing things. We have to retrain. And I think people, from what I can gather, are happy to be back in here having a. Pints. Mind. and pizza
0: and ronan in terms in terms of this in terms of this new normal you know how much longer can you kind of go on existing in this way with the new setup and um, well i just have to
3: go as long as i can obviously like we've had to make cutbacks, we've had to let a couple of people go is it a nice thing to do no you know you get a bit emotional guys have you know things they have to they have mortgages they have to pay their financial commitments and whatever and you have to let people go and i wouldn't like doing it but uh, like i mean i don't care for me, I'll be dragged out of here in a box, you know, and going to take my pub off me. But I'll work here on my own seven days a week if I have to to keep my business going. Um, obviously I have a mortgage, I have uh, financial commitments like everybody else, and um, and I'll have to honour them. Uh, you know, like we are six months closed, and that was kind of the the reason for. It's great to see you know opening up last Thursday and clicking onto the computer on Friday morning and seeing money going into your account for the first time since the fifteenth of March, and that's you know it's and like you're you're doing your day book there, and you just see a chunk of the. Year that's missing from the diary, but um, yeah, look, I, I, I just have to keep on going. I, you know, I will keep on going, and um, we just have to just work with it all the way. But um, I think you know, a lot of the businesses are highly leveraged in the hospitality sector, um, and I think their their LT, you know, their loan to values have gone down a lot, and um, so their businesses would have had a turnover. That turnover is cut by 50 or. 60% now so they probably are a bit exposed the banks might be getting a bit itchy feet with them so there's a lot of pressure that's going to come on guys and as I said if you are highly leveraged or you know 60-70% leveraged you know that, that that could go up more now and banks might be reluctant to support you going forward but as I said I would be an advocate of taking a long-term view on this and I think that hopefully next year I would like to see things turning around and kind of things loosen up a bit more but Christmas is a big part of our year um, you know, November with the Rugby internationals, December is just people, a lot of, you know, busy, busy weeks and they look like they're not going to come this year at all. So it's going to be a big challenge um, and, you know, for the, the next uh, six or seven months. Yeah, the 12 Pubs and Christmas obviously won't be a feature uh, for this year. Well, I had the distinction of being the first publican in, in, in Ireland to ban them. So I was never an advocate of them. So I was the one taking the moral stand when everybody said I was mad. So i was i just felt it was it was not what my pub was about Um i love people coming in enjoying themselves sitting down having a bit of crack that's at my pub and i just felt that was taken away from it i never was a fan of it i think we, we might be trying to find 12 pubs uh, in dublin open at christmas might be more the uh if the, if, if uh Hall martin and Stephen donnelly and Nefford have their way that'd be more the, the that could be the competition
1: trying to find 12 pubs that are open in dublin
0: right mark have you been back to the pub recently
1: um, I haven't, um, um, no, I haven't been back to the pub all that recently. I mean, when I took my, uh, I took my holidays, uh, in July and I did a little bit of a trip around Ireland and, uh, I was in a couple of pubs and a couple of meals, but I haven't been back. I took, I actually went into the city centre on last Friday night for a walk, uh, uh, at around 9pm, as you do just, I mean, just, just to get out of the house, I suppose. Um, and, uh, there was a little bit of life in the city centre when I was knocking around the area that seems in the city centre now to be a real hot spot at night time. Seems to be up around St. William Street. Um, and uh, I I think they hose down the steps at the back of the Court townhouse centre regularly every half an hour or so to stop people sitting on them (laughs) and congregating on them they make the steps wet Um, but that street I found up around that area was actually quite packed um, um, in in, in a way a lot of people out drinking on the streets and and there was queues to get into a couple of the establishments up there I didn't go into any of them I I didn't go in with the intention of going in I was on my own having a wander around like a weirdo Um, but um, um, there was a little bit of life It, it was nice to see a little bit of life in Dublin, but what it did underline for me was that, and as much as I feel sorry for the wet pubs and and and, and I sympathise with an awful lot of what Ronan is saying, there are specific challenges for that sector. Not every wet pub is the same. I mean, some of them are are, are you know what we would know as old man bars, but some of them are music bars and have dance floors, and those outlets in particular and um, for a long long time i think they're going to really really struggle to operate in any safe way under in, in this kind of environment i mean you have to sort of trust that they're good operators um but uh yeah it's going to be hard for them um, um but look i'm sure i'll be back in the pub soon enough um and um, um, once i can get a day off
3: yeah well <laughs> i think another thing that's in town that's quite evident if you look around there's a lot of people coming into town and drinking on the streets who aren't in the pubs like this, this kind of culture now the younger kids and it's quite alarming because i think it makes uh, like we we close at 11 o'clock and we're kind of cleared at half 11 but to see the streets are kind of taking a, a nasty kind of turn like at night and i think that's kind of something we're going to have to combat in order to bring the city back because you know people running around just drinking cans and is something that's not really good for the city a lot of younger kind of cohort there and you probably would have seen it up around
1: South William Street there the night. Yeah, I was one of them, um, Ronan, because um, I actually went. I went for dinner with my wife um, in that area a few weeks ago. And normally you would go for a couple of drinks um, before you go for a meal, but we couldn't go for a couple of drinks because we'd have to eat a meal before we went for our meal um, to get a couple of drinks. So what we actually did was, um, um, I went into a, a spa shop and I bought um, um, old school a bag of cans and 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 a bag of bottles. And myself, and my wife sat on the steps outside a building on, uh, on St. William Street and drank on the street. Uh, people watching before went in for a meal. So look, everybody has to adapt the way they're doing things.
0: Classy, very classy. Ronan, I might give the final word to you. You might just tell us, are the days of sort of just walking into a pub and having a, a, a quiet pint, even if it is with a nine-quid sandwich, are those days gone or do you have to book? Do you have to book to get into the Swan Bar?
3: No, we just do walk ins up. That's the way we do. Like, people come in and we try and adapt because I think this, you you see a lot of people get burnt on the restaurants and, you know, pubs and their cancellations and all this. So, we just do a walk in policy. It's the best way to do it. And we actually have, like, we have outdoor seating so people can sit at a barrel and order whatever like a starter or something that's what they order like you know and that's the way we run it because it's just it's handier it's more casual and we just don't feel we're restricted now there is a couple of people who we know who may want to make a booking whatever but obviously that's all limited and what have you but yeah look we're trying to keep it as casual as possible as i said we are learning as we go we're going to make mistakes everybody's going to do that but uh, we just want to try and get open and hopefully those days will return where people can sit up at the bar and have a few pints and you know, like, that's, that's what we were hoping that um, we would get on the road there Yes, yesterday, getting all the wet pubs opened, you know, and um, look, you know, j- just another thing there, like, that I personally feel that, you know, the NEFIT policies, you know, that the government have brought forward that have been implemented by government have actually created this kind of animal that, you know, people are outside drinking outside areas all the time and the, the wet pubs are suffering for this. And that's something that I think should be highlighted as well because the wet, as I said, the wet pubs have done nothing wrong. They should be given an opportunity to trade and to come back. You know, they need to come back and they need to get open and get their businesses back up and running. And given the opportunity is very, very important.
0: Okay, well, hopefully Christmas won't be completely cancelled, Ronan, and maybe we'll get you back in December to see how things are going. Ronan Lynch and Mark Paul, thank you for joining us. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Ronan Lynch and Mark Paul for joining the show. Thanks also to our sponsor, Davy Group, for its continued support. Declan Conlon produced the show with JJ Vernon on sound. Remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today, email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times Business Feed on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care and stay safe.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.